The opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of our sponsors and are only those of the individual commentators. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to the Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin, and with me, as always, is my expert panel, Christina and Anna. How are you both? Fantastic. That's great to hear, Anna. Very good. Very well rested. It was a long weekend and that's always good. That's amazing. So uh, we are glad that you both are okay. And of course, we have a special guest joining us today. I am extremely humbled and excited to introduce to you Kevin Ofori. Did I say that right, Kevin? Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Okay. Thank you for having me on your show today. Of course. Uh, can you tell our audience uh, a little bit about yourself? So I am Mr. Elliot's uh, personal, personal trainer. I am the age of 23. Right now, I am moving up and about with my life. I am now trying to move on to online training and pretty much try to learn how to be a life coach and proceed through even going to back to school, hopefully, hopefully, when uh, the corona is over. But for now, that's all I can tell you about myself, just for now. Well, I'm sure that our audience is going to love listening to that voice all show long. Christina, you're smiling already. Uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> So, <laughs> of course. Uh, so, coming up in 15 minutes, we'll be talking about our main topic, activism today. But first, let's take a look at our top stories in our weekly update, starting with a coronavirus update, because who loves a discussion about coronavirus? So, the Ford government has put Ontario into a third lockdown, what he's calling an emergency break. He's not using the color-coded system, which he implemented for these purposes, and the main changes are that outdoor dining is banned, uh, hair salons and gyms closed, and outdoor social gatherings are reduced from 10 to 5 people. However, malls, grocery stores, retail stores, religious services, and media production, which is what we're doing, are still allowed. However, there's still a lack of vaccines, and, and who's to blame for that? Is it Justin Trudeau, or is it Ford? Who knows? So uh, we have passed a grim milestone, which is that Canada has had 1 million COVID cases. And guys, we're a year into this now. Why is the Ford government putting us into another lockdown? And Kevin, I'm going to start with you because like you mentioned, you are my trainer and you work at a gym. So how do you feel about these restrictions being placed? It's it's crazy. It, the fact that it even comes about for the lockdown. I'm, I work in the gym, so every day is about health and fitness and lifestyle. You know, we want to preach that to everybody else. Why could they not do that and try to lengthen people's lives out of it? Instead, we kind of just close everything off and just go back to zero. And it's not good. It will never be good. Enough to say, everybody now who would like to push a dream, who would want to be bigger than a dream, cannot be bigger than a dream mm. and it hurts because i'm one of those people but covid can't stop me regardless of the lockdown it cannot stop me as much as it's stopping a lot of people it cannot stop me and as much as it's stopping everybody else i feel it for them because those are the people who end up working with me those people who end up working with me have jobs have lives of their own and now they can't really live it anymore when they come to my gym, they get to express it in every other way. Now they can't. And if they do, they got to do it from home. Mm. Like my friend Mr. Elliot here, you know, who loves coming in and enjoys his time. Because of this lockdown, it, it really prevents from really doing some good. Now we're, we're not really doing anything at all. Mm. 
This is one way I get to see you. I mean, hopefully after the show, you're not going to make me do push-ups. Oh, come on, man. What's wrong with that? What, you don't want to do a little laps for me? <sighs> you're lucky it's not 9 a.m. I'll make you run. 8 a.m.? Even better. We st- okay. What? <laughs> Christina, what do you think about these new, uh, some people are calling drastic measures? I'd like to know what's different. Um, I don't, I don't not know. Not much. So these drastic measures, is this not what we've been told to do this entire time? Were these not already the rules? Like you can't, you can't, small businesses are screwed. That's been the case since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we can still go to Costco and Walmart and Ikea and malls. Um, I mean, schools are closing, which is like, that was just announced today, I think. And mm. I think that's a pretty big, um, that's a big change from what we've seen with previous lockdowns in the past few months. But I, I, people are calling it drastic, but I really don't see a difference. Maybe that's because Toronto has been in this like never ending. I think that's why people are, are, are calling it drastic. And it's because Toronto apparently is one of the cities in North America with the longest lockdown. And people are getting tired. People are getting sick of it because it's always the same, but the results are the same. Yeah. So in the end of the day, I, I was just reading this article about Florida and how Florida pretty much has been living a free lifestyle. Yeah. People are going to restaurants people are going to the beach are, people are going like actually they're living their lives did those numbers go up in my- uh, but in florida a lot of people are keeping their sales sane weren't they like one of the worst places at i one don't point? know man none like of my friends have place. gone we are but i thought florida at one point was like the hellhole no but apparently the thing is like everybody at one point has to meet each other you know yeah according to the numbers Mm -hmm. that actually cities like new york cities that have been having a lockdown more severe than florida have been doing worse yeah and and like we mentioned on the on the last episode toronto has been the most locked down city in north america between indoor dining gyms uh specifically have been closed the longest and clearly you know Albert Einstein defines insanity as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And we're in a third lockdown. So you think we're going to... something needs to change because clearly whatever Ford thinks he's doing is... is, Not working. Is not working. Because how how have we been in this like never-ending cycle of lockdowns and our numbers just keep going up? How is that happening? We... You know, like clearly like something you're doing is not working. Um, I mean, closing and I've always I mean, I kind of like backpedaled on this recently, the whole schools thing Mm -hmm. and tied in with mental uh, mental health. But I don't like I I, I, and I also can't even think myself like what could we do? Like I can't even what think can about what else. What else what, we what can, can we do? Change? What is change? Now? Like, is the that's the question. Yeah. What is change? But I, I don't, I don't know where we go from here. You're not supposed to. Okay. And it's not for us to know. We right. are just the people, right? Yeah. They're supposed to be taking care of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are the government. Right now, if she asked the question, "What is change?" And I'm asking it also. You know, it's enough to say if I was to ask him. What is change? I don't feel like there would be a change. Have you ever have you ever tasted a biscuit and they put butter over it just to, to make it taste a little bit better? Yeah. That's what change looks to me right now. It's poutine without the gravy. Oh, you should put the gravy on. Oh, man. It makes Imagine, it all better. It makes it all better, right? <laughs> but then it's just to cover up to see if there's any true delight in what they're really making up, right? Mm-hmm. Can we get straight to the point with them or what's up, you know? Well, see, they're saying that they're trusting, Ford says he's trusting the the medical professionals, the medical officer of health, and, you know, we're supposed to trust the science, but is science up to, and we we talked about this with Roman Baber mm. um, about science, and he said that science is up for uh, interpretation and discussion, right? But what is the science saying differently in Toronto than it is saying in Florida, considering they're open. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think and and Florida has more older population. Yeah. Tons. Very big. The average, Very the big. average pop, the average age in Florida is dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> these these TV show, that like this show is having serious bullying for old people. Okay, <laughs> no, we just bully Anna. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anna's a baby hold on, boomer. Hold on, I'm sorry, we bully Anna. 
<laughs> we bully. I'm sorry. We're we're dealing with the dos latinas here, and we we bully Anna. She's. I'm talking about um maybe got, more so off screen. <laughs> we make fun of Anna for being a baby boomer. <laughs> Well, up until up until last week, we didn't know her. Age. We didn't know she was a baby boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Christina. Gracias. That's all I wanted to hear in my life. I'm just kidding. It's okay. Um, at the end of the show, we're gonna uh, present we're you. We're dealing with depression in COVID, and this is what I get. <laughs> well, it's important. It's important to laugh, right? And uh, again, just so you know, we have a special present for you at the end of the season. We're gifting you a cane so that you're able to walk properly. Yeah. No, I, 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 you should be gifting me something. Like maybe, I don't know, a, a, a full vacation stay in Florida. I don't care oh. if it's with old people. <laughs> well, there's a lot You're of in a boardroom in Vaughn. How do you, how, do you think we can afford a vacation for you? <laughs> Just letting you know. But anyway, oh my God. let's move on. Wow, this discussion got out of control, but that's fine. Let's move on to Greta Thunberg. So she got a statue erected of her, a 24,000 pound statue, pound as in the currency, not in the weight. Um, Greta Thunberg installed at, oh, there I am, Winchester University in the UK, and it has sparked anger among students who have branded it a vanity project. The university said no, no money had been diverted uh, from student support or staffing for this project. But the student union has called for the university to match the statue cost by committing £23,760 in additional funding to student support services across the campus. Even though the university has spent £5.2 million this year on student support. So what do you guys think about the statue? And considering there's so many ways to support students, even if there was a $5.2 million spent already... Should the statue have been erected? Is it a vanity project? To me, well, I don't understand why would you make a statue so soon about this person. Like, she's so young. She has so much to do and, and to prove in her life and her activism. And, and, and honestly, at the same time, I don't like a student union. So it is like... You know, I want that money, but at the same time, you're putting that money in something that is vanity. So I kind of agree, but I kind of like, I don't trust unions at all. So mm. it is like basically, like for me, it is both sides are like not my kind of thing. Mm. So yeah. And honestly, the fact that they have already invested a lot of money in the union is like, you know, you're, you're already getting a lot of student services. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this statue is pretty stupid in my perspective. So, ooh, and uh, Christina, um, I don't know how I feel about it. I think about the fact that there's however many statues, and I mean these are statues of people who are dead at this point. Um, but I mean there's statues all over the place, like at schools. Um, McMaster's got them. Um, I, I feel like all universities have like a statue of an old deceased white man, you know. So what um, is who? What is who's a statue about? That's what I would like to Greta know. Thun? Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg. A little bit more about. I would like to. She hear is well. So so Greta, I, I where is she from? Sweden. 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 So yeah. she's sixteen, maybe, um, and she's basically just a an activist for environmentalism, climate, uh, change. climate change. She's been made to be the poster child for <clears throat> climate action. She spoke at the UN and yeah. a bunch of other climate conferences. I think it is too early to. Like exactly. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's too early. I think she's young and like what happens that's if... That's impressive. It, it's Im I, that's what I was going to say is it clearly there's... I think there is some valid validity to putting that statue up. She has accomplished a lot at her young age. Her message is good. Um, but and I, I don't necessarily see it as a vanity project only because of all the other statues that exist of people. Mm. And also the fact that everywhere is named after somebody you know what i mean every school every street is for the most part is named after somebody so that's all those are already vanity projects right so i mean i don't know if i want well it's i don't say it is a vanity project for example i wouldn't compare a statue of simon bolivar someone who liberated five nations from the spanish empire to greta Thunberg, who is 16 years old speaking in the u.n yeah. and that's mm -hmm. that Mar marshall just he made a, he made a good uh 
or a funny comment. He said, why are we even building statues anymore? It's going to be taken down when Greta gets canceled in 2100. Uh, that's and, and that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to say because you said everything's named after someone and you, and you think that it's a vanity project in general. But there is a difference because a lot of many places that are named after someone, those people paid for it. So a lot of... Car, uh, hospital wings are named after people who put the money forth. That's mm. why they're named or in someone's memorial and that name was selected and the money was put forth by the family or friends and so forth. So in mm. this case, this had nothing to do with uh, Greta paying for it. It was the, the university that, that put it together. Yeah, I don't, I don't totally know how I feel about it. I do like her. I think, you know, she's, she's just a kid and she's done a lot more than... <laughs> Many of us in our twenties haven't, um, and actually, Marsha uh, made or made a comment. She said, "Greta, someone who has challenged world leaders to take action against climate change. Hopefully, she's a role model for young people." Question: You know, I, then, like, we could respect the statue in that answer, you know, mm -hmm. because if the message is for the young people to be embraced by such a person like that, shoot, put up another one, you know, and I'm saying no. Nah, all the money should go towards something like that so immediate, but I respect that answer especially, so I do agree. Wow. Well, in that case, we're going to leave it there in regards to Greta Thunberg, and we'll see what happens to the statue. As Marshall mentioned, who knows if, it, if it's going to get torn down, if another statue is going to be erected of her somewhere else, but... Lastly, we're going to talk about the attack on U.S. Capitol Hill. Now, this isn't the first time that we've talked about uh, an attack on the U.S. Capitol, but this time it was a little bit different. One U.S. Capitol police officer has died, and another is injured after a suspect rammed a vehicle into a police barricade outside the Capitol building on Friday afternoon, according to CNN. The attacker, Noah Green, was 25, was said to be a reserved, quiet college athlete who later developed an intense interest in the Nation of Islam and a penchant for alarming rhetoric. Green insisted on social media that he suffered home break-ins and poisoning attempts at the hands of the FBI and CIA, calling the government the, and I quote, the number one enemy of black people and crediting Farrakhan for saving him from these attacks, also reported by CNN. Uh, so... What do you guys think about this um, in terms of his motive, in terms of the attack? I mean, for a 25-year-old to make that decision and, and, and unfortunately lose his life? I mean... Uh, well, from the sounds of it, it sounds like there was probably some mental illness going on there when you think that this is a common um, symptom or characteristic of somebody who's going through a psychotic break or paranoia uh, that they're being poisoned that they're being followed that they're being watched um, when that's 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 a very common delusion that um, people who are going through an episodal experience so it sounds to me like clearly uh, something was off um, it's a the obsession with Islam is alarming because, of course, you know, when, when we get into those extremist territories with any religion, um, it's scary. Uh, but I do, from from the sounds of it, I think this was, and this is not to excuse these actions. I just think that... Um, th it might be a reason. There, there might, and I, it's not an excuse, but a, a reason or an explanation for uh, why he may have felt this way or acted this way. Anna? Yeah, I, I just subscribe a lot of what Christina said. Like, obviously, there might be a mental illness involved, a psychotic breakdown, maybe. And also the fact that he got maybe, like, you know, people who have, like, psychotic tendencies, once they get in connection into a religion, it's very easy for them to become, like, obsessive-compulsive about that. Mm. About religion. Yes, about That's religion. Also super and the fact that he got involved into Islam, you don't know what he was watching, you don't know the, the message that he was getting. So it was very, maybe, maybe his, same brain, his own brain made him feel, like, more indoctrinated and more, you know, focused and versed on this. Mm -hmm. So that, some, what I wonder and maybe what was the trigger you know there must be a trigger somewhere mm. see i agree with both of the ladies you know i don't know what this guy is going through enough to say 
the fact that the religion was a big piece for a change of in this direction of what his decision was going to be when he was going to go make that last decision towards the capital. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. Because some people, like, when they go through this religion stuff, those changes are so immediate because now they're so empowered, right? Mm. And her comment about, like, really feeling it enough to say, you now believe you're living it. You might be actually being followed is a thing. So I don't know if he's always a hundred in his head, but I don't agree with the situation. I don't agree that that mm -hmm. should have been done. I don't agree that that should have been made out to be a way to lose your life, you know? Yeah, that, and that's a good point. You know, all three of you mentioned that when you get to the extremist side of religion coupled with mental illness, uh, it, it... It's a time bomb. Yeah, and obviously um, there there was a trigger, like like you, like you said. Something would have happened. Um, but that's where we're going to leave it there. Um, let's move on now to our main topic, which is... Activism today. If the past year has taught us anything, it's that people are vocal about what they dislike. Sometimes they're so vocal that they're often called or even self-described as activists. But why is activism in such an upward trend? Is our world more unjust now than in the past, say, 50 years? Or are people just more confident and willing to now speak up for injustice? Or perhaps it's just trendy. With our special guest Kevin, our panel takes a look at the recent rise in protests and petitions taking place across the world and especially North America. As always, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed to have your thoughts read live on air. So we're going to start with activism as a whole. What is activism to you, Kevin? Like. Are we talking like obviously petitions, rallies, those kind of stuff that get people's ideas to move, especially when they want change within the government? Mm -hmm. What do I think about it? It's really good. It, what I think of it per se is that it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Without it, you can never know what people are really thinking. Enough to say you never know the motive of the next decision, just like our last conversation, right? You never know that with our activism, is it... Is it making it a better place or is it bringing us down? So our voices is our way to guide us, especially in activism in that sense, is especially with rallies and, and, and petitions and obviously different means, especially going on to social media. I think it's necessary. I think it's very needed, especially in today's world. Because mm. 50 years ago, well, I wasn't born 50 years ago, and I was just sharing this with you guys. Obviously, it probably wasn't like this. Didn't have such a direct way to say the truth if they had a truth. Now the truth is given to us from just across the room mm. from across the world and with that is very destructive also and very good to know because it makes and breaks differences now because the government is starting to know that we're finding out about the truth activism is activism is very 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 necessary because without it we're going to be staying in our lifestyle like this for a very 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 long time Mm. and I don't work behind the desk. I can't do it. So keeping me in my home is uh, it's not going to work, you know, and I'm going to find some way to get out there as much as everybody else is. That's why activism is now so serious, mm -hmm. because as much as it's vocal, it's now more physical. We are now physically seeing these moves, mm -hmm. you know. You know, you mentioned, we're going to talk about the forms of activism taking place a little later, but right now activism as a whole obviously to you it's very important uh anna do you do you think activism is important uh, you know that it's very ironic because you said like late like late in time late well recently actually we have gotten a rise on activism but in, in my case in my life I was born into a country, into a place where activism has always been there. Mm. Like I have been talking about politics, creating awareness since I was in high school. Mm. So it is, I think that when you're born into a dictatorship, that's what happens. Mm. But you know, it is very, very interesting. And, and something that I think is that 
activism has been always there. Like when you check on the 70s, when you, th uh, when you check about the gays movement, the feminist movement, Every, like even like uh, avoiding the the Vietnam War or you know raising awareness about communism because it was the Cold War like all these kind of situations it was always there the difference is that right now we have social media that mm. makes it more visual that makes it more noticeable and that allows people to to realize it for example last week I was learning about the protests in Myanmar mm -hmm. do you think that without internet, I would be able to know that there wa there has been protests in Myanmar? No, no, n never. Why? Because it's in the other extreme of the world, because they speak a different languages, because it's a different culture. But now I know, and, and, and that's what happens. Like things are traveling faster because of internet and because of social media and mm. because we have, I don't know, a YouTuber that is raising awareness about this and that, and, and now we get to know. Well, you, you mentioned a good point about that, um, about activism and, and how it's evolved. The, the question is, what is activism to you? Because, uh, as you said, you've grown up with activism, and you've been part of, of protests, movements, right? That's how this topic came about. We were just having a discussion. Um, and before the show, we were talking about activism to you, Kevin. So... What is activism to you? Because you, you said that you don't necessarily consider yourself an activist. Uh, okay. So activism is more like being on the front lines. Very direct. Just like those rallies and petitions I brought up. With activism, the reason why I'm not an activist is because I'm not there. I'm not physically there to bring about this change of what I feel with the people. Activism is pretty much just being there. Head on without turning back because it is so hard nowadays to keep your head forward keep your head on that's why not everybody can be an activist and the people who are i'm grateful for them but now as an active as an activist you know we get to the beginning we get to the middle but we don't get to the end you so, so you would say that being on the front lines is more important and more valuable than, say, posting on social media. Is, is that See, what you're getting at? I'm, the thing is, is, it's very important, but I don't know if it's that important. Because sometimes you can go onto the front line and just be a shield. You can go onto the front line and just be another voice. You know? And in that time of being going up and being a part of that front line, you could still be endangered. So I don't know if it's as it's, it's important as being a social media you know, activist. Because either or, there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be damage. Well, we actually asked our audience that same question mm -hmm. in our poll this week. And Christina, what was the question and what were the results? So the question was, is activism on social media as important as in person, I believe was yep. the question. And uh, what we had was 51% of the vote said yes. And 49% said no. And it was off by one two percent it would yeah it by was, by one vote it was off you yeah. see and it matters you're understanding mm -hmm. now everybody is understanding and seeing that we don't know how important it is anymore mm -hmm. you can be there or you could be at home mm -hmm. doing this now the question is what impact can you make to deliver the message and can we all understand it is the frontline people doing it or is the people at home doing it so they Nobody's. both play a part in your opinion. We both play a equally? part to make equally. Yeah, I think I think it I think it takes both sides cuz one thing I d I do think is like the people who who go out um they're protesting uh rallying whatever it is that they're doing th that's obviously one of the most important important parts of activism because they're putting themselves out there and they're uh actually, you know, putting themselves in danger to make a change and to to send a message. Mm. Uh, one thing I, I do acknowledge, though, when it comes to social media is that there's some people who aren't in a position maybe to um, speak on it. Right. Yeah. Or aren't in a position to like for for me when um, when there was like the BLM rallies in Toronto and stuff, I didn't go because of COVID. 
Um, it would have been maybe something that I would have gone to, but I, I, I mean, like that's just an example of why I didn't go because I wasn't comfortable being in a crowd. I didn't want to put myself in danger in, in multiple different ways. Um, so yeah, I was talking about it on social media and that was because I was coming from a position of not being, uh, comfortable with the pandemic and everything. I wasn't comfortable going. So Maybe otherwise other, you would have went? I think in other circumstances, I probably would have gone to one. Um, but I think there's a, there's a lot of different, there's just a lot of different reasons why somebody might not be able to protest. Um, you know, you may be handicapped. You may be, you may suffer from um, a mental illness that is triggered by large crowds or by noises. So I just, I think there's a lot of little things that might make somebody uncomfortable with actually going out and being there in person. Uh, so I don't want to say that social media activism is as important as in-person activism because, but I, I do think that there's somewhat. You're playing devil's advocate with yourself. Yeah, because there is, to some extent there, there is equal importance because right now you need, in, right, today's right, time. in today's time, because you need all those social media voices to get people listening more than, you know, if you just show up as a group of 10 to, um, whatever city hall mm -hmm. and it's 10 of you protesting something with no support on social media, I feel like there's less of an impact. Mm -hmm. If you go and you do that and you've got a whole social media platform behind you, it's a much more impactful. Build, build your numbers. Yeah. It, it, numbers. Yeah. It's, it's to spread the message. Um, for the people who can't go out and physically do it. Uh, or for people that don't know because or, your yeah. message is arriving. Mm. Like, is, is, yeah. yeah. Uh, th that's, the, that's the other thing. Maybe you feel like you don't know enough and you want to stay at home and you want to help, you know, you want to be part of the conversation, but you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're being a fake activist, you know? Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. Well, speaking of fake activism, what happened in the last... Uh, uh, summer, fall, there was a whole movement to post a black square mm -hmm. on your Instagram in support of Black Lives Matter. Now, was the message, did it come across or was it like some people have said lactivism because you're posting a square on Instagram, mm. does that actually solve the injustices now, of the world? No. Honestly, I found that ridiculous because I think a lot of people just do it in order to, you know, virtual signal. Exactly. It's not like because they actually care. It's just because, oh, you know, a lot of people are doing it, so I'm going to do it too. Look how merciful I am. Oh. It's funny. As a black male, I didn't do that. Yeah. And why? Because I ain't got no time. <laughs> also, it's because... It's just a trend. Mm -hmm. I've seen these trends so many times. I didn't got to be online for it. I'd be training somebody just to hear this trend pass on just like a regular day. Kapoof. Now it's Especially gone. business corporations. A lot of them did it. And you're like, of course they're going to do it because it's trendy. Yeah. It's trendy. And they capitalize the on that. That's they what I was going to say. It's... it's it, it's people the thing the other thing is like i personally saw people posting these black squares and i think back to the fact that a year ago i heard them make like racist comments like you're a recent racist this isn't something you've overcome you're posting a black square when a year in, in support of black lives matter when a year ago you it could so care personal. less and you were you were dropping the n-word like it was nothing but now a year later you're you're posting a black square on instagram who like what do you really you just that's the thing is that people just want to seem woke like this there's this culture of people like needing to be all accepting those are the ones or are followers the get you know, followers like, yeah they're like oh look at me i'm such a good person i posted a black square which means i must really care it was funny i was on my way here i was on the bus and i was thinking the same thing that you know all those major you know youtubers instagrammers if they were to do this and they weren't black it wouldn't matter to me. Yet, why? Not because they're not like us. It's because they're not true to it. And I know that trend is going to get more, more black you know, viewers, customers, just to get to their own appeal. Mm -hmm. But I know it's not true. Enough to say, they will always slip up. The truth always comes out. It always comes out. And we end up seeing it on social media. But because of social media, we end up blowing it off also. Mm -hmm. And giving them the pass.
to a degree, though, because cancel culture is on the rise, and anything you post on social media is now thrown at you, even if it's 20 years, or not 20 years, but 10 years from, from today, right? It's very true, but the consequences is not always so immediate. Mm. You could be somewhere else in your life, so high up in your life, 20 years later. Oh, yeah, he said this. Now it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, I think I think that's a, a whole other issue. Like when I when I make the comment about people posting black squares when I know they don't mean it, I mean I'm not talking about people who have tweeted things they shouldn't have a decade ago. I'm talking mm-hmm. about people who have recently portrayed, you know, have clearly, you know, made racist remarks or acted in a racist way, and then they post a black square because it's suddenly a trend. And there's no, if you felt that way, you would have been, you would have been I think it was champion. a way of acceptance. Yeah. But it's also though, like you would have been champion, championing for these, for these things. Uh, earlier on. Earlier yeah. on. Not just because it's a trend and because there's, you know, you, you would have always cared about black lives, but that's not the case. These people just want to seem woke and they want to post on social media and get attention because that's the other thing, right? You, you're a white person. You post that, that black square. Wow. What an ally. Mm -hmm. They must really care. Well, it's, that's not how it is. And I, I, I went on a rant about this on, on one of my Instagram stories. People believe that's a real reality. Like I see it for myself, not because I'm a part of it because I'm actually away from it. Mm. I actually get to see it myself. And it's crazy. A lot of people do this just as a way of, like, just to be accepted now. I'm like, no, seriously, if you shot for this before, then you're part of us. Yeah. But now it's like, you join the t- come join the winning team. We don't want you. You know? So we tell people, I tell people, I even went on the same rant. I'm like, don't post with the black square. I'll see you tomorrow with the same message. It doesn't matter. That was the message. Doesn't matter. It's just another day. I, I know people. I know people who posted pictures of them selfies, Instagrammers, and they posted like a cute message and the hashtag of Black Lives Matters. Yeah, this person is not even black. She was Middle Eastern, and she well, actually posted that, that just to promote so hair. <laughs> fucking embarrassing! It's I'm sorry, no, but funny, holy I, I try shit! Not to swear, you know. I'm really trying. <laughs> like, I, I, I had to tell her. I had to tell her. You know, if I was a black person and I was involved in this kind of activism, and I see your post, I would be like, "What the hell?" Imagine <laughs> me every day. Oh my god! So imagine, well, like, it's I, genuinely in your perspective, how it, do you feel about all this? Oh, every day I'm more times cringing. Every day I get up, you know, and I, I, I'm chasing my goals at the back of my head, but. You know, I start off with my prayer, you know, do my little daily things. On my way to work, you know, I see the social media. I'm going to turn it off now because now I'm starting to cringe. And I see this every day where I'm like, I'm barely on social media. And if I am, it's for work. Mm-hmm. Only strictly work. Or like, you know, of interest, like I watch anime and all these little things, you know. Just so that people know, you know, I like doing more versatile things. But other than that, I'm not going to be on social media for all those cringes. Because it's every day. So the question is, how do you support the causes you care about in general today? Because like you said, um, very personally, you don't consider yourself an activist because you're not on the front lines. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is the wisdom that you you know, impart on me during, during our training. That to me could mean you're an activist mm-hmm. because while you're not speaking to the masses you're making an individual difference in someone's life you know it's crazy i can't really support black Lives matter in the front line how i support is i do it at work i do it online i I do it in person you know i get any brother it doesn't matter what color and i would share the same wisdom with my black brothers as i would say with any of my brothers and let them know we are still all equal you are my equal that's why Black Lives Matter, because the uh, the message is equality. You know, that's a very beautiful thing to say, and I and agree. it's because you know, and it's because as a person who is also a minority and comes from a community, that's what I think. The best way that you can boost your community and and your you know your reputation and everybody is doing the best that you can. Oh, very it's much. It's being a very good much. professional. It's being a good individual. It's being good because that's what I speak of you. 
and that's, that's and you know and, and for example exactly. you know what is great when people tell me oh you know you venezuelans you're good professionals and it's because they had met different venezuelans with that reputation that's the way that you live your community mm -hmm. it's true it's very true that's why it's hard to push this stuff in the front line because if you could teach it to people within their homes they could pass it on without outside of them Without having to resort to... Any extra violence. Yeah. You know, any extremities, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I think, I think in, and just to add to that about, like, what activism might mean to different people, mm. like, I think, I think activism happens within the home, right? Like, you start, you, you, raise, you raise your children to view each other view their their peers as equals mm -hmm. you view that you you teach them to treat people equally to treat others how you wish to be treated um and maybe that some people wouldn't see that as activism but i think it's it's important that just to add to that like if you start if you start at home and and your kids are surrounded and, and it's something that all parents are doing and all kids are on the same page and they're all treating each other equally uh, there would be less need for, for the violence. But this is like a, there's definitely a, um, what do you call it? A generational aspect gap, gap to what, it's, like, like I do think that we run into issues of people who were raised by um, racist or non or parents that are not understanding. And I think that's an issue that you run into. Um, and that's maybe where we start to see this, you know, change. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I can't blame the parents, you know. Not all the time. I not all. I I wouldn't say all the time, but the the reason, like, from my own perspective, mm. coming from a family of you know having a Latino father, having a white mother, I, I've seen two different worlds, and I've seen um, like their parenting styles are different. No, I've seen the two different worlds of like culture wise, right? culture culturally, mm. um, little little things like mm. the way that they're treated in society, obviously. Uh, Latinos are typically not treated the same way that white people are, at mm. least in a in a country where or in a society where white people are on top. Um, you know, I've just little things like I've I've seen uh, my dad get pulled over and ticketed like it's nothing, uh, whereas my mom can pretty much always get away with it. So it's like there's clearly there's clearly something going on there. Mm. Um, that's just like one example. I could be misreading it, but I, but my parents from from day one, because I was raised in a, in a household where there were two different cultures, mm -hmm. they I was taught to be accepting of all cultures and to be welcoming of all of them, um, and and that for for me was kind of my parents' way of being activists. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it is it is different to each person. It's funny. I actually live a different life. My parents are, are both of the same origin, same culture. You know, they are they are they they are not always outgoing as I am with other of, of other cultures, because they are scared. They feel endangered, and endangered they, in society. They feel very endangered, and the thing is, they don't know English. Mm. But they're so endangered, they will teach me everything I need to know on how to survive, but not get along with everybody else. They didn't teach me that. I actually had to step out of my own bounds. That's why I don't say it's, it's always the parents' fault. Because I had to step out of my balance, such as going into college, where I made, obviously, not just the same like racial friends. I made versatile, big group of friends from different places, obviously, I can't even name today. And because of it, it made a difference on how I am with everybody else. It's very interesting, you know, in terms of the way you're brought up and the way your parents bring you up. Like, I grew up and still live in Thornhill, and my elementary school was 90% Jewish, but most of my closest friends weren't Jewish. So even now, my closest friends are not Jewish. So, I mean, that goes down to, I guess, for me, I was raised, and I think we're all raised the same way, to care about the, the character and not the skin color. Very much. And, and do you think that by advocating for these types of causes on social media, we're, we're making a difference? Because clearly it's making a difference in our own homes. I think it makes a difference for, me, for people who don't maybe think the way that us in this room think, right? There's people who maybe do have their prejudices or don't understand um, why somebody is sending a certain message. They may you know, so social media can help to explain, hey, this is why you should care. These are the facts. Um, I understand that you've been raised your whole life to hate 
uh, minorities, but here's this message and you can spread it across social media and, and change people's minds. I think that it's also a matter that I, I, I agree with him that it's not your parents' fault. And the reason is because you are supposed to be better than your past generations. That too. Also, because it is it is a gap. Like, for example, people, and I, and, I bring, and, and, and I bring this down, for example, to the issues of the status. Like, oh, you know, let's remove this status because this guy was racist. And he's like, the reality is that in the past, there was a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you compare my grandmother with me, you will think, oh, that old lady is racist, even when that old lady is not even white. Or, you well, know... Well, that's... That, that, totally. Like, 100... Per, like, it, it just because I... Obviously, my, my um, grandmother was the same way. She was a Latino woman, but... You bet she had her her, her tendencies yeah. and her and I don't know if I don't know if I would call it racism. I think I would call it more ignorance mm-hmm. that comes from some of these communities. Exactly, but, and it's no. like you know it is it is uh, and, and under that theory I cannot go and blame my grandmother who was uneducated who could barely read who was raised nine kids and doing a big effort. Oh, you know because you were not woke enough like what the hell like no and that's that's the thing right there's going to be a point in time where we are going to be less woke than our children we are going to not understand the things that they're fighting for the things that they believe in we're going to we're going to be those people at one point no matter no matter how hard we try to keep up with the times and try to keep you know and try to stay woke we will get to a point in our lives where we are not going to there's going to be things that our children are fighting for and we're like why is this my mom doesn't understand social media most of the time she's like where are you posting that why are you saying that and i'm like chill why mm-hmm. because oh, it's a, yeah. there's a generation like there is a big difference yeah like her priorities back in her age were different than mine mm-hmm. and and that's how it goes and it's the same way that your your parents teach you differently than their parents taught them exactly. in some regards yeah. right everybody every generation there's there's some sort of change to make a difference in in your children mm-hmm. now i want to pivot to Uh, a a larger audience in terms of pushing your message to a larger audience. Do you think that celebrities and athletes should be using their platforms to uh, advocate for um, causes they believe in or causes that should be uh, fought for in their eyes? Kevin? Yes. 100%. Why? They're as human as me and you. Very much human. I watch LeBron rarely. And when I do, it's only to make some bets. Excuse me. <laughs> but when it's really time for him to speak, you know, he's actually voicing exactly what everybody should be voicing. You know, especially when you feel something, you could see it, but because you're making such a difference in somewhere else, yeah, it's good to speak about it. It's good to speak about it, you know. He's, my, he's one of my greatest examples mm. on why you should be a celebrity speaking on it. Not every celebrity should speak on it. Yeah, some celebrities speak on things and they don't know what they're talking about. They they would be talking out the wazoo. Well, that's the question. How do you determine which celebrity should be speaking out on... And also it depends because a lot of celebrities also voice what comes to their mind. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, they do it only because of, you know, once again, gaining popularity, becoming more famous. Oh, look how merciful and virtuous I am. And LeBron's not like that. LeBron's not like that. You know, LeBron is not. LeBron is not like that. He doesn't look for numbers. He is the numbers himself. Enough to say he created more numbers from just speaking out honestly. You know, he had an incident in uh, when he was playing basketball recently with a, with a, a young, I think, couple. Or oh yeah. Like remember yeah. that? Yeah. And it's crazy the way he dealt with it. Can you just tell our viewers what the incident was? It, I think it was about some slurs going on back and forth. It, it was just, like a you know, court, men's basketball. It was like a court side argument, right? He was arguing with two people on, on the court side. Mm-hmm. And it turned yeah. into a little colored thing, and it should not. Mm. But he really addressed it so appropriately. I guarantee you, everybody who understood LeBron already shook their head. Mm-hmm. Meaning we understand. We are all on the same page with that. Because he didn't go out of his way to say things just to get you interested. He's only speaking on his facts. What he believed, what was actually necessary of him at that time that's all you need to do Hmm. anna no like well i don't know that much about lebron james Mm -hmm. but you know what i'm trying to say is that there are many celebrities who also do things only because you know this is the right uh, like 
this is what is popular right now and therefore that's what I'm going to follow. And also other celebrities, when they advocate for otherwise, they get like shut down or they get like backlash. One of the examples that I take is Willie Colon. He's a very famous salsa mm. singer mm -hmm. uh, in New York. And the guy actually, he just say like, you know what? I don't believe in what a lot of Democrats say about the Hispanic population. I think that they take us as numbers. And honestly, like he, he was just right straight at a Republican. And what did a lot of people start saying? Look, oh, you know, you cannot be a Latino and you cannot be a Republican. You cannot do this, you cannot do that. And it's like, sorry, but if this guy is actually creating awareness about something, for example, he's just like me, he's an anti-socialist. Mm. It's like, you know, he has valid reasons. He always sp speak about what happened in Venezuela. He always speak what happened in Nicaragua, in Cuba. Mm. And, you know, he has very good points. So, and the thing is that when he's a celebrity and he goes out of the way, especially in Hollywood, mm. there is a trend for more, you know, progressive left-leaning things. It's like they exclude you. One of the prime examples is Gina Carano, who spoke up about uh, the coronavirus and she compared it to the time right before the Holocaust. Um, and, you know, it to, to many that was very inappropriate and she got fired for it because she spoke out against the, 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 the main narrative, right? So, like you're saying, some people who speak out, they, they get ostracized and... And that did happen to LeBron once. He and and Kobe made or he commented and he said, "Didn't LeBron do something contradictory with China?" Mm. Theodore responded saying, "I think he caught slack for avoiding questions about uh, the Hong Kong issues." Mm. So I think, if I'm remembering correctly, and I don't want to be exactly quoted because I could be wrong, but it was when there were the Hong Kong protests. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure LeBron commented saying that like basically calling to end uh, the protests and it could be the other way around, mm. but I'm pretty sure what he was saying was uh, to end the protests and it was getting violent and whatever it was. And, and people, he caught a lot of backlash for that because people were like, do you realize what's happening in Hong Kong and why these people are protesting? Um, you know, sometimes as a leader, it's so hard. You don't want to see people get hurt. If I could say pull back because I already see the damage coming or it's already present, I would say fall back respectfully because that first way was not working and it can save many lives. If, if I was to tell you to keep pushing, some people might take it the wrong way and push too aggressively or more lives can be taken during that protest or something can happen. You know, so not all leaders can always have a good example or good reason to why they say no pull back. But logically speaking, if you see something is not working at that time being, but yet you're still pushing on to it, why? That's pretty much called insanity. We run in that mm -hmm. same circle. Yeah. Do not be that person. And as a leader, you wouldn't going to instruct that to people and tell people, hey, pull yourself back. And that's the thing with, with celebrities. A lot of people consider them leaders. So mm. it really matters what they say. And, you know, f the not award shows. Not all celebrities? Mm, no. No. Which part? That they're not leaders? No, like, not all celebrities can be actual leaders. I just believe they're just at a point in social media platform mm. where they lead the numbers. They not are an actual leader. They're not, uh, yeah, I think there's a difference. You know what? That's a good point is that there's a difference between being at the top and being... An uh, and, and leading, no, but like being at the top because you're a celebrity and leading people because of that celebrity status. But are you really a leader mm. in the right way? Are you actually leading people towards... You know the right thing exactly and um well here's here's the thing uh, about um about leading and being uh, uh, an activist a celebrity activist we talked about this in i think season one or season two we had an episode on celebrities and politics and award shows the ratings have been dropping the more that celebrities have been making political speeches at the award shows the ratings have been dropping year after year after year so you know, a lot of people would say that they go to entertainment to get away from the noise, to get away from the news. Mm. And now with sports and entertainment, having these political messages, activism going on, does it help or does it hinder? I think, sorry, would you? No, no, go ahead. I, I think it helps. Mm. It especially helps because now the world's getting bigger. The world's getting very digital. Everybody's mm. seeing everything. 
if your favorite player is not speaking up at one point, it hurts too because you're now just playing for a check, right? If I was a black man just playing basketball for a check and I see my people on the streets getting harmed and I'm not speaking about it, you know, some of us understand when to speak and some of us know when not to. But if I could and I understood why I'm saying it, I would use my voice. Hmm. I think that it's also that it, uh, it depends. And recently I watched a documentary about Pelé, mm. the soccer player. And the guy was basically, you know, he's like considered the king of football. Mm. And one of the examples that I saw is that when he was racing into fame, mm -hmm. Brazil went through a dictatorship that was brutal, that people were oppressed on the street, people were going, getting disappeared. It, it was insane. Mm -hmm. And he got a lot of like judgment, like, oh, you know, you didn't stand up for the people in Brazil. Why you didn't complain? Why you even meet with the government? And, Pol and Pelé, he was very like, I don't want to be political. And the reason why is, you know, people start to compare like Muhammad Ali, for example, and they say like, you know, Muhammad Ali is creating awareness and he's doing this, he's doing that. But Muhammad Ali lives in the United States, a nation that still cares about human rights. Pelé lives in Brazil. If he starts causing problems to this dictatorship, he's oh, going to get disappear. Period. Yeah. That's it. That, you know? that's, a, that's a very good, a good point to make is it there is a difference in when somebody should speak up or when they or when they can speak See, up because america allows that yeah that's the difference right american celebrities um canadian celebrities whatever these are people in a position where they can stand up for what they believe in and they can use their platform uh to send a message but god forbid you're somewhere else cuba, uh, cuba <laughs> for example um a lot of places in south america china in china, china the middle example. east there's places where if you're a celebrity and you were to say something um Uh, as about an activist or just just in in general something like that maybe too political that could be the end of your career or the end of you you exactly we don't want that no no so i mean that obviously the the end we talked about a cancel culture but the the question that i want to leave on the table now is the final question is what do you think activism will look like in the next five to ten years so 50 years ago we didn't have technology so it was literally protests and petitions now everything is digital you can sign a petition with two clicks on your phone on the computer while people are still protesting do you think that for example we're going to see less people out on the street and just completely digital or how's that going to work it's crazy uh, yes and no i feel like it still might be the same as the same cycle Before, again, we didn't have internet like that. And so at one point, we had to be more physical, more prone to being physical on the streets. But now, and going on to the future, again, technology will still matter. Humans will still matter. Where I think both, you know, um, presence of social media and physically being at those rallies, and you know, it matters. And I'll say activ activism is going to stay on that route. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, there's two ways it can go. It can go for the worse, where stuff if you get on the street it's just now more violent or people are just not doing anything and they're all texting on the phone nobody's on the streets or again the middle situation i just displayed to you guys earlier those are the three probabilities it's just going to be given to you mm. yeah i think we're going to see we're going to continue to see people speaking on social media of course because we have this platform and people are going to use it to you know people use it all the time to say what they're feeling how they feel about something Um, we're going to continue to see people being activists online. I don't think we're going to see an end to physical activism, people actually going out there. Uh, I think we're especially not in, in countries where um, there's, you know, like uh, Chile had um, protests recently, very valid ones. I think there's there's places where uh, we're going to continue to see protests because that's, it's necessary for change. We maybe in North America and are, are in a bit of a different position where uh, social media might even have a, a big enough impact to make a difference if enough people are talking about it, but you go to another country where that's not the case, physical activism is needed to actually send your message and to really make a point. And I think we're, but I do think we're going to, the people who really care and they want to see a difference are going to, or not that people who are on social media don't really care, but I mean, there will be people who 
will physically want to make a difference. So we are going to continue to see people going out. Do you, um, uh, yeah. Do you think the causes that people are fighting for today in North America are important? Very. We live here. Of course. We ha- you have to... F- you, it, like, uh, sure, our problems aren't as bad as somebody else's, but that's like telling somebody, uh, you can't be sad because somebody else has it worse. It's like, oh, okay, fuck my feelings, I guess. You know mm. what I mean? So I think... I think that's one thing we have to, obviously there's other places that are in much worse situations. Yeah, I I wanted to add that like everyone has their different fight and the different cause. Certainly, I I don't feel identified with the causes right now in North America, I have to admit it, but it's because I have my own personal fight with my own country and government. Exactly, (laughs) and and I cannot, honestly, my dream is to see Venezuela free one day, and I don't know if that's going to happen in my lifetime, but Mm. I hope it does, even if I'm old. So, you know, and that's that's the thing like everyone has their own thing going on hmm. wow. that's a good answer powerful statements that was a very powerful statement uh, well uh, l- regarding Venezuela the last thing you you do would you consider yourself a, uh, an activist because while you're not in Venezuela you post a lot on social media I I try to remain active I try not to forget about what is going on and I and I always like to keep myself informed however I don't consider myself an activist and the reason is because I have friends who are activists and they are so engaged that even having the opportunity to remain as a refugee in the United States they went back Hmm. and they remain there and they continue the fight even though they had to live with all the shitty things that are going on. Wow. That's really being an activist that's and that's activist. being passionate about that's what activist. you believe in. Yeah, and, and I, to just to, to add to that, I, I also don't, I don't give, I would not consider myself an activist despite all the things that I will talk about on social media, um, whether or not I choose to donate to different things, whatever it might be, um, I don't, I still don't consider myself an activist because I could be doing, I could be doing more and I acknowledge that. And I also acknowledge that there's people doing way more than me. Mm. Um, exactly. You, see, you know, it's not about the people. It's just about what you contribute. And that's right. why. We're contributors. We're collaborators. Mm-hmm. But yeah. to consider myself, you know, an activist is like, it's too. I feel like I'm taking away from people who are like actually activists. Exactly. Who are actually out, like when you look at. Making a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you street. look at, look at the protests and the things that happen, like that are happening happening in Venezuela, it happened in communist Romania, wherever it is. These are these people are activists and fighting for things that I can't even fathom to fight for. Mm. You know? That's yeah. that's where I see a people bit of a People who difference. are actually risking their lives. I can't even imagine fighting against my government in that way. I see, can't. I, I try not to. That's yeah. why I, like Elliot brought up to me, and I'll bring it up to you earlier. I remember uh, when we were talking about if I'm an activist or am I an advocate. I think I'm an advocate, an advocate, uh, an activist in my own way. Now I have now come to the conclusion, near the ending of our show, that I am now an activist in my own way. Enough to say, the causes I do fight for, such as mental illness and men's health and all these little things, I, I do try my best, not just to be out there, but to be with them, you know, man to man or person to person. Doesn't matter the case. So, you know, as much as I'm not always going to be on the front line, my front line is at least in front of them. That's my front line because not everybody can be right in front of the person's face and say what they got to say, you know. So I'm going to take it today. That's my answer. I I am an activist, but just in my own small way enough to say I make my own change enough for the change to be spread. That is an incredible way to end the show that's a extremely powerful statement and i think that's where that's where we're going to leave it uh today that was our show for this week thank you to everyone that tuned in and that messaged us live kevin thank you so much for coming on the program today uh how'd you how'd you like it Ooh wee! i will tell you about that next week no i'm joking (laughs) but it was lovely it was lovely i i couldn't believe it this is my first time really speaking so thank you for having me um, I you really should speak more often. I try you have not an incredible to. voice. See, I try not to because wisdom it's not, it's not, it's not, it's universal, but not everybody can really accept it. I shared with Elliot because he means so much to me. Enough for me to say, I love this show. Keep having this show. Keep doing what you're doing. Seriously. You make not a difference to people like me, but to people who are just like me and more above me. You know, it doesn't matter. You're making a difference. And that's all you can do. A good one. Keep it up. 
Well, thank you. You make a difference in my life. And again, I'm so grateful to have you on the show. And, and I, told you, I told you both, I told you how great this show would be uh, with Kevin's wisdom. Yeah, right. very well spoken. You have like the perfect ASMR voice. If you don't want to like talk politics, you should just open like a, <laughs> an ASMR YouTube channel or, or life coach thing. Life, yeah, then, life coaching. Honestly. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a path. It's, it's it, I am gonna bring that soon, but there are some things for myself that I got to better on my own because to pass such a thing, you really got to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, activism and advocacy, you got to be a part of what you're advocating sometimes. Without it, you just won, and it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So that's it. That's fair. I I don't even know how to respond to that. I don't even want to talk anymore because that's what I want to end off. But as you know, I have to keep talking. So thank you again for being on the program. Christina and Anna, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for coming. Thanks, Elian. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Kevin, for coming to the show, too. Ladies, you were wonderful. Very wonderful. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for coming on. It was great. I loved this show. People in the comments were like, this was a great show. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it really was. So... Once again, that was our show for this week. Thank you to everyone that tuned in, messaged us live. Thanks to Kevin. Thanks to Christina and Anna. And a brand new episode of The Rabbin Report will be back next week, same day, same time, almost the same people. Have a good night, everyone.